For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Larry Kim, and we're going to explore how to use Facebook ads strategically to get monster crazy boosts on your best content. And I'm going to tell you, this is total ninja stuff. You are going to love this and you'll probably want to listen to it more than once. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's now transition to episode eight in our ongoing audio documentary. To plan a conference is to be in the business of adding value to attendees. But really think back to the last big event that you attended. Remember before it started when you looked at all those great sounding sessions and brilliant speakers and awesome people you wanted to meet? All that value? How much of it did you actually capture by the end of it all? I'm Jay Akunzo, and today we go behind the scenes with Social Media Marketing World to hear how the conference handles that widespread issue and why so many competitors think this solution is just a little bit crazy. As a social media marketer, what might prevent you from growing your business this year? A sudden algorithm change by an important digital platform, a lack of executive support, a budget that's just too small. But how about a fire marshal? It's true, it happens at industry events all the time. Everybody's rushing to get into Guy Kawasaki or who knows what, and you're a little bit late and you get fire marshaled out. You feel horrible when that happens. That's Michael Stelzner, CEO of Social Media Examiner. Mike and the team behind Social Media Marketing World have spent years studying the types of value that conference attendees most want. Well, here's what we found. People come for the content, they come back for the relationships that they build. And the little conversations like, hey, I'm struggling with this and hey, I'm struggling with that. That kind of stuff is priceless for a lot of people that are maybe stuck or trying to figure out how to take it to the next level. Unfortunately, the rush to get into a speaker's room before it fills up can create all kinds of problems. First of all, you often get yanked away from that valuable networking time. You're in the hall and you're having a really valuable conversation with someone that you've come miles and miles to see. And at the same time, the clock is ticking and you know that there's a session that you want to go see. So it creates a little bit of internal friction. Do you stay and talk to this person or do you say, hey, I got to run, knowing you may never see that person again? Second, there are probably multiple sessions you'd like to attend happening at the exact same time. Especially in the case of Social Media Marketing World, where we have 12 simultaneous sessions going on, but you can't duplicate yourself. As a result, 
social media marketing world has come up with a solution that, for many companies running events, seems just too risky or too crazy to try. If you buy a ticket to social media marketing world, we include the recordings of every keynote, every session, every panel, and every workshop. They can download the audio files, they can listen to it while they're in the car, they can watch the playbacks, they can download the slides, print them out, mark them up, do whatever they want. So for a lot of people, that's extremely valuable. It's about 140 sessions that we include at no extra cost uh, with your ticket. The thinking was that not only would people feel less stressed and get more value out of the live event, but more people would actually purchase tickets to attend in the first place. And it might be that little edge that takes them over the top and helps them justify the hotel and the air travel to come to the event. Consider for a moment what a virtual ticket actually is. In just a few seconds, we can access the knowledge of our industry's best and brightest. It's instant and seamless. But while it might seem so easy for us to access that information, creating it is a different story. It's very complicated to pull this off because imagine 12 rooms recording simultaneously and each room having potentially multiple texts inside the room that are making sure the live presentation is going well and also having audio backups and all that craziness. So yeah, it's, it's a technical nightmare <laughs> to pull it off. Well, you know, there is a whole day of setup. So, you know, about 50 people running around. That's the voice of Gary Burns, who helps coordinate all the recorded sessions for Social Media Marketing World. Oh, my role is, is basically to work with with making sure that these technicians know exactly what we want out of the thing and then afterwards edit them and get them ready for public consumption before uploading them to the virtual ticket site. And like any big project that we plan in our work, this obviously goes totally smoothly every single time. Right? Oh, we've had all sorts of snafus. Two years in a row, Pat Flynn has had his recordings like not record. One year is because someone decided to unplug one of our recordings and plug in their laptop. Moving around and plugging things and unplugging things. and Of course, that was horrible. The other year, I think the hard drive crashed. So that's a, that's a, that's a very awkward situation for us. You know, so just over the years, we figured out how to, how to do all sorts of crazy things, like how to get audio backups and then how to rebuild the videos if we had to. There's just all this kind of crazy stuff that we have to do. The good news is we've got it figured out. We have a really incredible tech team, but it's not simple by any stretch of the imagination. From years of experience recording hundreds of sessions, Mike and his team have helped thousands of ticket holders prevent some really common problems. Do you keep networking or watch a session? Do you go to session A or session B? Mike figured social media marketers today have to know and do it all, so they should also have access to it all. So for example, let's say that you wanted to dig in on live video and you know that 2017 is the year of live video for you. We have 12 different sessions that you could sit virtually at the feet of someone like Shalene Johnson and understand how she uses live video to sell. Or you could just sit at the feet of Brian Fanzo, who's one of the leading authorities on Periscope. And we're not just talking live video, we're talking about Google Analytics or corporate social or Pinterest or Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook. The list goes on and on and on. The goal of attending a conference isn't to get better at evaluating a session description for a talk. It's to move your skills and your business forward. And the little kick in the butt that we sometimes need is others that are doing it already, teaching us and showing us the way. So I think that any marketer who's really good at 
one thing or two things, but wants to add a third thing or a fourth thing could become the hero of his or her company just by going in and watching these kinds of sessions. The strategies, the trends, the technology, the people. Ours is a profession full of so many great things. And for an event in our space to be truly great, it needs to not only offer a lot of value, but help us capture it as well. Only then can we transform our companies and our careers. Make Social Media Marketing World a part of your story this year. Visit socialmediaworld17.com, that's socialmediaworld17.com, register, and experience something exceptional, both online and off. Folks, I want to give a big shout out to Jay Acunzo. He is the narrator that you heard and the guy that produced these amazing eight episodes that we've had in the last eight podcasts, these audio documentaries. And uh, he's just done amazing work. Check him out at unthinkable.fm. He also has an excellent journalistic and PR style podcast called Unthinkable. He is truly amazing. So check him out, unthinkable.fm. Tell him Mike Stelzner sent you. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. All right, let's now transition over to this week's amazing interview with Larry Kim. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Larry Kim. If you don't know who Larry is, he's the founder and chief technology officer for WordStream. He's also a frequent blogger, a pay-per-click expert, and also a social advertising ninja. Larry, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Michael. Today, Larry and I are going to explore how to get our best content to perform better with paid advertising. Yes, you heard that right. And um, we're going to dig into it. Uh, Larry, let me start with just asking a little bit of your background. How did you get into doing advertising and social advertising? Share a little bit of your backstory so everybody can understand. Sure. Uh, my company, WordStream, uh, we've been known for doing search engine advertising on things like Google and Bing. And of course, uh, you know, that's, that's very important in terms of marketing. Uh, but there's a lot of different uh, types of companies where uh, it, that that type of advertising, search advertising, doesn't necessarily work on um, uh, as as well. So, say for example, like B two B software. Like a lot of times, people are building new features and functions and solutions for stuff that nobody is searching for yet. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, basically, the interest in, in social ads was uh, you know it's really powerful because you could go after the types of people who who are likely to buy your software based on their demographic or interests or their behaviors. So like maybe I'm going to go after a CMO or a VP of marketing who works at a big company in the healthcare industry, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and that was a, a type of marketing that just really wasn't possible with, uh, you know, traditional Google AdWords uh, search engine advertising. And so, you know, really got me thinking, uh, wow, this is really powerful. Uh, you know, I think companies need to do, to, to do both, you know? Mm-hmm. And how... Are you tinker? Have you been tinkering a lot with social ads for your company? I mean, how did you get this level of knowledge that you have currently? Oh, sure. Uh, well, we've got uh, 
tens of like a ten thousand customers uh, doing uh, we're, we're managing their their uh, paid advertising campaigns and and um, a, a good amount of them uh, maybe a third of them are doing uh, Facebook advertising so when you have uh, by the way Michael my company manages approximately a billion dollars of ad spend across Facebook and, and Bing and and and, um, and Google and so yeah that's a lot of data uh, to, to have uh, so, so to be you know I'm able to take that data and analyze it in terms of like you know what's the typical cost per clicks or what are the typical engagement rates and using this kind of kind of data you can kind of you know reverse engineer you know what exactly is happening in these ad platforms when you when you submit the campaigns because it's kind of a black box if you're just one advertiser uh, you know looking at your campaigns and and you know spending money on stuff but if 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 you have like thousands of campaigns running i can you can spot trends and patterns and extrapolate things so that's kind of how, how you can kind of reverse engineer this stuff very cool well um that's a great transition into my next question what have you learned about algorithms as a result of you know having access to all these data all this data because i think a lot of people are you know you have a unique perspective why don't you share what we need to know about how these algorithms work Sure. Um, so, basically, uh, on Facebook, believe it or not, if you if you're doing uh, promoted posts on Facebook or sponsored posts, uh, you know the. Uh you're not the only advertiser in the world who might be interested in getting your ads in front of people. Like uh, there, there could be thousands or even millions of, of companies going after kind of the same audience. You know what I mean? So uh, basically, Facebook needs to decide, you know, which post, like which sponsored posts should I show to the user, uh, and 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 how much should I charge them? Uh, and so uh, the way that they they figure it out. It's 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 based on a lot of different factors, but one of the big factors is um, is whether or not the the, the sponsored post that you're promoting uh, is it engaging or not. So uh, like in terms of engagement rates. So if does it have an engagement rate of one or two percent? Meaning like of every hundred people who sees this post, only one or two people click on it or you know like it or comment on it or you know or share it or, or is it a very, very high engagement post uh, that you know that has you know, 10 or 15 percent engagement rates uh, which would be considered pretty high I think an average is around two and a half three percent uh, is pretty typical uh, and so basically um, because Facebook, you know, they don't want your your feed to be full of you know ridiculous updates that that nobody cares about. They they want to they want to maximize engagement. Um, they they basically, when it comes to ads, they give a huge 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 preference, a huge refer, uh, bonus points in terms of uh, visibility and price um, to companies who are willing to do the work of, of promoting, you know, really interesting content. Uh, and, and the reverse is also true. Um, if, if, uh, if a company, uh, you know, tries to promote you know, garbage content that has very, very low engagement rates, well, well then you're going to be dinged with like very, very few ad impressions. Like they might not even want to show that, that ad in the first place. And if it does show, uh, it'll, it'll be very expensive if, if someone clicks on it, like three, four, five dollars a click versus, uh, you know, three, four, five cents a click. So I think intuitively people understand that, you know, in, in advertising, you know, the higher the engagement rate, the lower your cost per click, but what people might not necessarily you know understand uh, just from using Facebook ads informally is the extent to which the, that those rewards and penalties range from you know from five dollar clicks to five cent clicks. That's like you know two orders of magnitude and, and kind of a big deal, you know. 
So what, what I hear you saying is that the algorithms are trying to make sure that the, not just the organic content that we post on Facebook, but the paid content that's posted on Facebook is going to be well received by the uh, target audience because they want to make sure that people stick around on Facebook. Is that, is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, the the, the uh, updates are almost indifferent, indistinguishable. Like the 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 paid advertisements and the organic updates, they they're so subtly different. They're just like a little gray text that says sponsored, and so they just want to make sure that you know that, that the engagement rates for these ads are up there, you know, at the same level as the organic stuff. And so that's why they're providing such huge rewards uh, on cost per click. It's not just cost per click; it's also impression share. So uh, uh, you know, it's whether or not your ad runs in the first place. So, uh, you know, the the, um, the if, if if you're promoting garbage, it's, it's it, there's a very high probability that your ads won't show very often or or won't won't show at all. You know, like mm-hmm. they would rather just not bother because, um, you know, why why annoy the user base? You know, you um, you use the word unicorns um, to describe some of our best content. And it, it sounds like what you're saying here is that our best content that is organic ought to be turned into ads. Maybe you can expound on what this is and, and, and give us a little background on what you mean by all of this. Sure. So first of all, um, uh, the, the, given that the algorithms of paid Facebook advertisement, you know, greatly, greatly reward, you know, the, you know, in terms of price and visibility, they give huge uh, kind of uh, rewards, uh, advertiser rewards uh, for, for high engagement content, then I believe that the winning strategy for anyone thinking to do um, social advertising on Facebook, and by the way, it's the same on on Twitter, uh, same algorithms, they just copy each other here. Uh, But, but, um, Really, the winning strategy is to uh, is pretty simple. It's to promote y- your unicorns, the kind of the outliers, the the top one or two or three percent of your most engaging content. You see, Michael, if if you pr- if you produce like a hundred pieces of content, you know how it is. There's always like one or two or three posts that do superbly, spectacularly well, and then there's a lot of posts that you know just do okay. Uh, but but you know there's these one or two that these outliers is getting like three, four, five times more traffic th- than the average. Uh, those are your unicorns. Those are the rare and precious uh, kind of uh, stories that you're, you're that you're you're producing. Um, and and uh, because they're doing so well organically, like um, uh, that people are loving it. You know, if you if you got a twenty percent engagement rate, that means one in twenty people who's, who who's uh, twenty one in five people who see this thing are are clicking on it, liking it. It says sharing it. That that's really high. And if if you have a high engagement piece of content, um, if you were to then pay to promote it, what you would find is you would get those clicks for like you know two, three, four cents maybe. Uh, you know, so it's 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 like a bargain. And so um, I think. You know that that's kind of the key uh, in terms of how to, how do you identify these things? It, usually, it's it's just going to be um, it's going to be the the content that's done really well organically. So, uh, look at your your Google Analytics. You know, there's going to be one one or two pieces of content that have tons and tons and tons of traffic. Um, chances are, the reason why the, those those stories did so well was there was something captivating about 
the the idea of that story, like you know, ten mind blowing new features in Facebook advertising, or like or there was something really interesting about the title or the topic that was made it very catchy. And so, if it did well organically, uh, it's likely also going to do well when you when you promote the post, but because basically you're just you know getting more of a good thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me ask a couple of clarifying questions here. If we look at Google Analytics. Um, we're specifically studying the uh, the posts that have a lot of social traffic, right? Because Google traffic doesn't equal social traffic. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, no, that, that, that's the crazy thing, Michael. So, no, it's not a fair assessment. Oh. The Google... The Google you know, there is a relationship, Michael, between social shares and Google rankings. Okay, like, so the, the, the content ranks really, really well uh, tends to be the same content that does really well on social media. Okay, so hold the, the press. So what I hear you saying is if we've got, if we're ranking really high and we're getting a lot of traffic from Google on a couple of, <clears throat> of, of our articles, those very same articles are great candidates for us to put some money behind on social. Is that what I hear you saying? Usually that's the case. And the reason is because... Uh, over the last year or two, Google has been changing their organic rankings to, to, to work a lot like how the Facebook algorithms work. Mm. So the Facebook algorithms, they reward high engagement with, with better visibility. Now, on Google organic search, it used to be just about links and keywords, but now there's this new sheriff in town. It's user engagement like click-through rates. So you know, if you're in the top spot the expected click-through rate for the top spot on Google might be 30%. But if you have a listing that has 60% click-through rate in the in the first spot, well, that's a really, really strong signal. You know, you're saying that this really deserves to be up here. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, the, basically what I'm saying is, like, the same emotions that make people want to click on things in search listings – are the same emotions that make people want to share and click on things in social media. Uh, and so there, what's, what's tying them together is this notion of high engagement for, on, the, on behalf of users. And both Facebook and Google employ machine learning-based algorithms that reward high engagement with better visibility, both in the newsfeed or in, or, or in the uh, search results page. Now, one of the things that's going through my mind, and I'm, I'm glad that – I'm asking these questions is I'm thinking to myself, okay, I posted something up on Facebook. It took off off on Facebook, but I used really huge text in my image there and it doesn't work as a really good ad because I get penalized because I'm, you know, we tend to use really huge text in our graphics. But what I hear you saying is that that content, that destination, I don't have to take some post and just turn it into an ad. I can create a brand new ad with the same destination content because the content itself is what is popular, or are you suggesting that we should take um, a post that was highly shared and commented on and turn that into an ad, or, or can we just take the link and create a brand new ad over and over again? I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. So usually, um, look, a, a catchy image is going to help. Like I know uh, Social Media Examiner has these catchy, um, you know, custom artwork, um, uh, but if, if, if you just remove the title, um, you could just create a different. You just remove the the text from that image and kept kept the same and cute images. Yeah, we could still end up uh, creating an ad, kind of from scratch or a dark post, right? 
yeah, I, I just basically just create a campaign that promotes an unpo- like a, a, an update that does, that doesn't appear on your wall. That's known as a dark post, uh, and and um, and and basically just running that instead of instead of your wall posts uh, that have have the text on it. And, Facebook and that, is smart enough to know that this destination URL has some heat behind it, right? In their algorithm, is that the idea? It's not just the post, the original post. It's it's the actual content itself that they're analyzing because it's been shared by others. Uh, no, I think it's done. It's I think it's done on a per campaign basis. So this this new this new campaign uh, it's going to start from scratch. But the reason why your post did well in the first place was there was something catchy about the title, you know, and the description. And so what I'm saying is that usually when you sample this stuff, it, it tends to to fall into a range. Like if it had a two or three percent, you know, engagement rate organically like just on your wall if, if you run run the same content but just minus the minus the text and the image in as, as a sponsored ad uh, then you'd expect to get similar similar engagement rates you know it's because it, it, so the same magic of that content that made it do well the first time ought to make it do well as a click campaign, like as a separate click, click campaign. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, it, and it's not just a matter of what time of day you post or anything like that, right? Um, you know, there's all sorts of studies about the best time to post and all this stuff, but, but my thinking is like, those are nuts because it's like, it's never the same time for everybody on the world, you know? It's like right. some, something like Social Media Examiner, you've got readers from all over Europe and, and, and you know, Australia. It's like it, it, it shouldn't matter. What matters is it's, bas- it's basically human psychology. Like is this kind of a subject that really captivates me and makes me want to, you know, click on this thing and read to the end, you know? Like is it – you know, think about all the stuff that does really well on BuzzFeed or, or, or on, on – um, or, or even like fake news, you know, that's like p- fake news th- th- does so well because people eat that stuff up, you know, like it's because it confirms their biases, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's it's just it has all these emotional triggers. It's just how captivating is the content that you're you're creating and, and because all of these systems, whether it's Google search or, 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 or Facebook, either organic or paid, they're all optimizing for engagement. Uh, and and uh, more and more, uh, these are becoming even more uh, winner take all, like even, uh, you know, bigger jackpots and fewer winners. You know what I mean? So up to this point, we have identified, let's just say we've identified a couple of what we're going to, what you're calling unicorns. Okay. A couple of winners. We've got two or three of them. Them. What do we do now? What's the next step once we've identified these these posts that we know have very high engagement rates? How do we how do we actually get creative, or what do we do with advertising on Facebook to really drive some traffic to that stuff? So once I find a, a, a unicorn, um, you you really have to extract you have to extract the value fr- from this content that you've produced. Uh, you see. <laughs> The funny thing about marketing is like we're so calendar driven, okay? Uh, it's like, woohoo, we had this unicorn webinar or this unicorn blog post. Like, uh, but uh, you know, after we have this this great great outcome that had like you know a hundred thousand views or or fifty thousand registrants, we just go to the next thing on the treadmill. Like, it's like okay, we'll do next week's podcast or next week's webinar or next week's blog post. It, it's like, but really, these unicorns are so rare. And so remarkable, what you should do is something that nobody does. It's that you, we should try to extract as much value as we can out of this unicorn, even if that means stopping 
doing the other things that we had planned to do. It's kind of like in poker. If you if, if I dealt you four aces, Mike, you would want to, 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 to change your strategy to try to maximize the value from that winning hand or that very, very strong hand, uh, you know, rather than just, you know, just quickly trying to, you know, get the blinds and go to the next hand. Uh, so, so basically what I'm talking about here is like, A, uh, there, there's a lot of things you should be doing with, with this unicorn. A, you should be um, you should be promoting the heck out of it on Facebook, on Twitter. Why? Because this has such a catchy headline, you know, with 10, 20% engagement rates. That means, you know, for, you know you're going to be able to reap, you know, clicks you know, on the cheap, it's like, like prices, uh, click prices from like five years ago, kind of, kind of thing. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, th- this is a, such a bargain. But there's so much more you should do with these unicorns beyond just uh, uh, milking them on social, paid social. Um, a couple ideas here. Um, you should be. Um, repurposing this content so like if, if this blog post did so well then chances are if you turn it into a video it'll do well mm-hmm. right Ch- chan- like so it'll and by the way youtube is all about engagement metrics like all that like all those um how youtube ranks uh, videos and in, in search and, and recommendations of videos it's it's based on what's getting the most you know the, the engagement rate are people watching the movie from beginning to the end or are they aborting after like one or two seconds you see what i'm saying so like it'll it'll probably do well on on on, on video uh, it, you, you could turn it into a, a, a series like if if um if, if that's like sequels in in, in like Star Wars. If, if if number one did good, you should just your next piece of content should be like part two. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like you should fully explore that topic in depth. I call this unicorn baby cloning. It's basically you have this unicorn. So like if we could just make some superficial changes, you know, and turn this into a series of seven stories, then I'll have six unicorn babies. Uh, and I and I want to give you an example of this. Like one of my unicorns from last year was this post uh, is talking about the top ten new Google AdWords features that are going to be released in 2016. So this is one I did early last year, and I got access to some of the new features and functions that were going to be released over the year. Uh, and this thing was such a unicorn. I was getting clicks for like two cents on Facebook and one cent on face on, on Twitter. Uh, but and, and, and organically, it was doing great. And, and, and um, it was just so great. So I turned it into a webinar, and that generated 5,000 registrants, okay? And then, and then, you know what I did, Mike? Instead of just doing another webinar, like next week's webinar, what we did was just said, let's just do an encore. You know, like our typical webinars only generate, you know, four, five, six hundred registrants. Like, why don't we just do the exact same topic and just say, like, you know, you know, we're, that was so so oversold that we want to do it again. And then, you know what happened, Michael? We got another four thousand registrants for this. Like, that was crazy. Like, people marketers aren't used to thinking about just running the same thing over. But when when you have this unicorn, there's something special about it that, that you need to extract. Uh, you have to stop the presses and and really extract all the value. Another crazy idea that we did was we we took the 10 features that were in that blog post and created unicorn babies. So for each one of those 10 features that were in, you know that were new, I did an in-depth piece on how this feature works and and what the benefits are and what are the tips and tricks and every one of those were unicorn babies because it was all related to the original unicorn which did so well. So basically what I'm trying to say here is like, you know, it has to do with like your 
the calendar, the marketing calendar, the treadmill uh, is is terrible. Like I'll give you an example of this. It could be like, Michael, you're the social media ads manager and you have a budget of $10,000 a month okay, to, to spend on social media ads. Really, that's crazy because like most of the content that you produce is going to be crap content and it's, it's not a good deal to promote that stuff on Facebook, you know, because of the rewards and penalties. What you should be doing is having the flexibility and say like, Michael, your, your, your budget is actually 40, you know, 30,000 uh, 30, a quarter or, or 120 a a year and what you can do is you can wait for it you know like you can just publish stuff uh you know uh as you're doing and when you find that unicorn you should really go all in or or, or go you know not evenly dividing the, the budget across all your posts but you know overweighting the, the the amount of budget to promoting those really high performing posts uh, in order to get not just like 10 percent more but 10 or 100 times more uh out of out of your social media budgets if that makes sense yeah now back to this AdWords new features article. What did you say it was AdWords? Is that what it was? Yeah, it's yeah. just like so. Um, here's the question: uh, When you realized that you had a winner on your hands, and you put some money behind it, how much more? If if this was a pie chart, you know, how much more traffic came as a result of the money, and how much money did it really cost to get that? I'm curious. Do you understand what I'm asking? So right. like you had the winner to begin with, then you put some money behind it. Did it turn out that there was like a lift of another 50% or was it like 200%? I mean, like, and, and how much did that ultimately, you know, what, what kind of costs are we talking? Because I think people would love to kind of in their head visualize, okay, how much more could I get out of a winner? Because a lot of times people feel like the winner is great. Why put any money behind it? How much more could they get? You know, that's the big problem. You see, Michael, you only like people don't know what the theoretical maximum is right they they get a for some people they think like oh i got a thousand views on a blog post and they think that's hitting the jackpot but what they don't realize is like you know it could have been 10,000 or it could have been 100,000 you, you see what i'm saying like so people don't really know what the range is and what i'm telling you is that the internet is a really really big place much bigger than uh like you know we 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 live in niches you know like uh it, it's if you can get beyond your, there's certain stories that can get out of the niche that you're in, uh, and and out into the world, and it's like hundreds of times bigger. Just for example, a typical blog post on WordStream's blog will do uh, around 5,000 visitors. Okay, like even if it's like mediocre, uh, it'll get around 5,000 just because of because of the subscriber base over like that, a month or something like that. Is that yeah? Enough? The first yeah. first first 30 days. Okay. Uh, so that for that particular post, uh, when when I realized that it was a unicorn, like organic. Uh, it had done about four times average, so mm. it was around twenty thousand uh, views, as opposed to the to the um, uh, the, the five thousand. Yeah, 5, 000, yeah. Uh, and then I was like, okay. Well, that, and by the way, that's pretty typical because like a, a unicorn is an outlier. We're talking; it has to be two, three, four times better than the average. Otherwise, it's just kind of like an upper-class donkey. You know what I mean? Like donkeys are like all the rest. Uh, you know, you're just slightly better than average. That's still a donkey. Like unicorns are, are really these outliers that are like three, four, five times better, okay? So found the unicorn, and then I, I put a few thousand dollars uh, behind that, uh, you know, because it's like this is the one I want to move in for all this quarter. I want to move all in on this one, on this story. Um and uh, the it ended up getting about a quarter million uh, views. Okay. Wow. Uh, so, so wait, you so, added another two hundred and thirty thousand views on that thing by putting a couple thousand dollars in ad spend behind it. 
yeah, about two thousand dollars. You're getting clicks for like one or two cents there. So, and if you divide that two hundred fifty thousand by five, I, I mean, I'm not really good at math, but that's like writing dozens of articles, isn't it? <laughs> well, see, see, Michael, here's the thing. It's like the strategy is so great because you know how it is. Like one or two or three out of a hundred uh, of these pieces that you write are actually going to be unicorns, okay? Uh, but but through the magic of social media promotion, I can make it so that unicorn kind of becomes like this winner take all. I can I can multiply the unicorns by uh, you know, tenfold. So, so that it's not like one in a hundred. It's more like one in ten. Uh, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it's like you're you're just reaping like the full value of the remarkableness. Like, haven't you ever one wish that like you got that your your content got the attention that it deserved? Uh, you know, if only yes, and get- I will tell you, I have never done what we're talking about here. You know, we have never put anything more than maybe five or 10 bucks randomly behind a post. And um, a lot of people listening haven't either. So I know you, you talk about this concept of micro budget. So like, if we have a unicorn, where do we start? How much should we put on it? And how do we know when we should put more on it? Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. There's no need to, um, to have any uh, risk in, in this equation. Because like, you know, you can sponsor a post okay for fifty dollars and what i'm telling you mike is if if you increase that budget like basically on on facebook you're it's about five dollars per thousand impressions that's like an average okay so if you're spending fifty dollars and 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 um and that's plenty of money for a test okay fifty dollars that's uh how many impressions is that that's uh that's ten thousand impressions okay um so it's kind of like you can poll an election with like a thousand people. Like you can, you can, when you, when you test a piece of content against $50 of, of promoted budget, you're like auditioning the, the content into the wild. And like you're, you're putting it in front of people like American Idol and seeing what the response is. You see what I'm saying? It's like an audition. Right. Uh, and, and, and if 10,000 people see it and if 2% or 3% of people are engaging with it, well, then that, that's a donkey. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's pretty average. That's pretty unremarkable. If you put another $100 or another thousand dollars behind that, it's not really going to change much because it's like law of large numbers. You've kind of settled into a range. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be some, you know, you think of those, those jokey videos that that you see that on on Facebook that have like 10 million views. You know, there's some pieces of video or content that just gets goes bananas. Like, like, and and either you 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 are or you aren't. You know, it's like. Like if if you're like four percent engagement rates and you're saying, oh wow, this is so much better than the average of three. No, 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 no. Like that's that's nothing. That's that's. So if we put the fifty bucks on it, what should we be looking for? I'd be looking for 10, 15, 20% engagement rate, like as high as you can get it. I once got a post, Mike, uh, to go a 60% engagement rate. Okay. So, uh, so if we get that with 50 bucks, then what do we do? Well then, then, then it's like you you you, bet you double down basically. Thing. Well, you just keep doubling down until the thing wears itself out. So like some of these some of these unicorns are going to be like time based. Like oh, such and such actor died. Like if you're in the in the news industry, do you see what I'm saying? Like right. like like nobody nobody cares about it. Like a year later, you see what I'm saying? Um, so. Uh, so it might so, tap so, into an existing trend or something like that. So, so, so you you might you, you might want to just milk it for all it's worth during the time period that it's new and and, and novel, uh, or sometimes Michael, there's these you, I call these evergreen unicorns. These like rare creatures that 
that they're, are magical and they, they persist forever. So I'll give you one or two examples of, of uh, evergreen unicorns. One of them is called um, the most expensive keywords in Google AdWords. Okay, so that's a piece. Of, that's an infographic that I I created for my own company, uh, and and no matter when I post this thing. Uh, it always gets a reasonably good engagement rate of like eight, nine, ten percent. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like this this research is from 2012, so it's like four years old. Okay, uh, and and even if I boost the post today, um, it it'll still do more or less the same uh, as it did four years ago. And so that's an evergreen unicorn uh, that I I just apply sort of a um, a stable, you know, one or two hundred dollars a month budget against that piece of content. Um, Let me ask you, you this, know, Larry: Who forever. am I? Ta- who am I targeting with this this money? Am I targeting my existing fans? Am I targeting a lookalike audience? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Um, so, uh, it's it's kind of like a, a, a like a fruit tree where you've got low hanging fruit, you know, kind of middle, you know fruit and like the hard hanging fruit that where it's really hard to get uh you know that if you're just it basically you're trading off uh kind of quantity for price okay so if you're just going after your page fans and your remarketing audience like that's those are the people who are kind of really know who they love social media examiner they know who who you are they've been to your show they've gone gone to your your they've listened to your podcast uh those that'll be the easiest audience to reach you'll get kind of really good engagement the highest engagement at the lowest price but it's going to be smaller than say going after people who like social media or people who like entrepreneurship do you see what i'm saying So, so those are larger audiences like there's like something like 50 million people in the u.s that are interested in entrepreneurship okay um that might be interested in 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 what are the most expensive keywords in adwords um but it's gonna if i target those guys it's not gonna have a 10 percent engagement it might be like a five percent engagement rate you see what i'm saying so i'm gonna i'm it's it's gonna cost i'm in exchange for quantity i'm gonna uh like more quantity i'm gonna have to pay up a little bit more so it's really you know based on your business objectives i mean you're you're in the content um content industry so it's 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 kind of rare for uh it's kind of unusual for for content companies to be paying to promote their stuff because like their whole model is like to sell ads not buy ads uh you know you know what i mean but right you know if you're like moz or like you know some some hubspot or some company that that has a really active blog uh you know where they're they're financing the the creation of content uh in order to sell products and services well then those those types of businesses would would you know they would want to go all in uh you know as much as 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 it made sense now like keep in mind the the point of social media marketing isn't to get mad hits. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to um, eventually convert those those hits into leads and sales. Yeah, I wanted to ask that next, actually, because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people th- are thinking right now, okay, I can spend the money to drive the traffic, but, you know, is it the right kind of traffic? And in the end, how do I ultimately click convert some of that into a sales? What's your thoughts on that? Well, so social media advertising has me hooked for t- for this reason. It's it's like so powerful, Mike, at both the top and the bottom of the funnel. So we've talked up to now kind of like the top of the funnel. Like we can get really interesting content in front of, you know, very very large targeted audiences based on interests and demographics and and behaviors that we choose uh, and get them to consume the content that we produce. Uh, but w- at some point we need to then turn that into a sale. Uh, and so, uh, 
the way to do this, Mike, is using remarketing. So Facebook is not only good at top of the funnel stuff, it's, it's also really great at bottom of the funnel converting to sale. Remarketing, uh, basically, you can follow them around with ads. Uh, and what's really interesting about Facebook remarketing, it's so amazing, Mike, because, you know, of all those people who visited my website, you know, not everyone is going to be a customer. Like maybe one or two percent of the people who visit my, my site are customers. Like think about Social Media Examiner. I mean, you guys get millions of visitors per month, uh, and and not every one of those million people buys a ticket to like Social Media Examiner or sorry, so, Social Media Marketing World, right? It's it's like certain demographics, like you know VP of Marketing or you know Social Media Director or you know within certain geographies, certain countries, um, you know certain um, company size. You, you know your your business better than I do, but the point is like. When you're doing remarketing on Facebook, you don't have to remarket to all 2 million people who visited your site. I mean, the point of social media advertising is not to just you know, spend money. You have to pay for this stuff. So, like, we want to be picky. We want to be really, really picky and and choosy, and only show the ads to the people who we think are actually going to buy our stuff. So, so maybe of a million people, maybe we can identify 20,000 people who you know, who nail it, who are like. Yeah, this is the exact job title that we're looking for, and this is the exact cities and states that we care about, you know, because there's direct flights to to, to San Diego or whatever. You know, the, the, you can you could really nail the, the targeting. So you know, let, like let me get clarification on this. So in this, if we're in this case of uh, you know driving traffic to your AdWords features article, and you drove two hundred fifty thousand, you know, sessions to it or whatever, I would imagine what I hear you saying is you create an audience. Um, so that you're you're pixeling that audience, and then what you can do is you can target um, people that visited that particular post and happen to meet these other criteria. Is that what I hear you saying? And that's the way that you can ultimately sell to them. Like like they're marketing purchasers that have certain job titles, uh, you know, at certain size companies. Yes, we are filtering this already highly engaged audience. They're highly engaged because they, they've read our content, they've consumed it, uh, and, and um, that means they've heard of you. You can then hit them up with a hard offer. So like with advertising, it's hard to just say like, Michael, buy this thing. Like, if you've never even heard of us, right? That's like that's a terrible way to do business. Like, who tries to close something on the first, you know, on the first date? You know, uh, you know. So you know, you you familiarize yourself reading the content, uh, but then as then I can remarket to you because now, now you've heard of me and you've meet my my target market criteria. I can hit you up with harder offers. Like, you know, why don't you? Try the try the thing, you know, to download the trial or whatever, or set up a a, a demo uh, because uh, now there's greater uh, audience affinity, kind of more, um, you know, uh, more awareness, uh, and so those are the types of people who are likely to to make those uh, subsequent purchasing decisions uh, as opposed to just you know asking for that as your first step. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Well, um, Larry. You have really opened my eyes and a lot of people's eyes to what can be done. And I, I'm like mind blown. I'm going to be having my team listen to this again, just, just to tell you, I mean, how excited I am about what you just said here. Um, and I know we've just scratched the surface. We could go on and on for a while, but I want to tell people, I want you to tell people where they can discover more about you, Larry, and all the cool stuff that you've got going on, because you truly know what you're talking about. Oh, well, well, geez, I, I think the same of you and, and, in your community, it's, it's, a. That's that. That's uh, wow. I don't know what to say, Mike. Uh, basically, I'm um, 
I'm on Twitter like quite often, uh, you know, maybe 20 times a day. So that's that's the best place to, to, Why don't you to tell you to, tell them your Twitter ID. It, it's it's Larry Kim, um, and and my company uh, Wordstream is it's on the web wordstream.com, uh, and and uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Larry Kim, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight with us. On behalf of all my listeners, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Michael. Was that solid gold or was that solid gold? Larry Kim really brought the fire. And if there was anything we mentioned, you didn't catch it. We take all the notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 237. By the way, are you new to the podcast? Hit the subscribe button. We've got amazing shows coming up. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. I promise I'll be back in the driver's seat with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.